Thread. A singular thought expanded upon. Thread is the podcast of the Emerge Network. For more information, log on to EmergeNetwork.org. Chuck Quinley again, and I'm back with uh, with you for our study of Mark. I'm in Mark chapter 1. We stopped last time at verse 5. So Mark chapter 1, we're going to pick up from verse 6, and let's see how far we can get today. Uh, now John was clothed with camel's hair. He had a leather belt around his waist. He ate locusts and wild honey, and he preached, saying, There comes after me. One who is mightier than I, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to stoop down and loose. I indeed baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And we said before, you know, John had the look that went with being a prophet. He had this uh, hair he had never cut. He had a beard that had never been cut. He's 30 years old, so this, you know, hair in his beard is at least to his waist. It's blowing in the wind. He's got rough clothing, big leather belt, and a booming voice. And you know something about John? There's two sides of it. One is John knew who he was. He knew from his father and mother telling him, and he knew from his time alone with God, that he was the prophet spoken of in the Old Testament. That he had been ordained by God because his mother was real old, and his father... And mother had never been able to have children. And an angel came and told them, you're going to have a son, but he's got a calling on his life. So from birth, you treat him like a prophet and you raise him to be a prophet and keep him clean. uh, Away from uh, perverting things from the world. Keep him pure. And so John grew up with this concept. He knew, I am that last Old Testament prophet. The one that when Messiah comes, I get to come just before Messiah. And my job is to prepare the scene. I get things ready for him. I go to the nation. I I rebuke it of its sin. I tell it to straighten up. And whoever wants to straighten up, they're going to straighten up. And then Messiah is coming. And he will, he will, you know, deal with those who aren't doing right. He will bring judgment. So he's standing there, and John knows, first of all, he knows who he is in the Lord. He doesn't need the people's approval. He has God's calling on his life, and he is going to faithfully uh, fulfill the calling that God has given to him. Uh, on the other hand, though, John is a humble man, and this will this is a key sign of anyone who is truly a man of God. If you're truly a man of God, you are not easily offended because you're not respected highly enough or they didn't give you a nice enough seat to sit in or a long enough introduction or a nice enough hotel or you know any of this. I've heard of some people just the worst nonsense of being offended because their hotel didn't meet the standards that they felt they were deserving of. And it's like, man, go back to the Bible and read it, please. Because a man of God is a humble man. And John knows who he is in the Lord. He is absolutely secure. He is mighty. And John knows, and you you better know, that you're anointed by God. You should look yourself in the mirror every day and say, I am anointed by a holy God. I have the power of the Holy Spirit. I have the gifts of God operating in me. I am more than a conqueror. I am an overcomer. And today I will overcome and I will rule over my life And I will influence the lives of other people. You need that. You need that strength 
and that fierceness in you. Because as Jesus said, the, the kingdom of heaven uh, is a kingdom that forceful people uh, take and by force you you push into the world with it. It's not a timid thing. But John says, although I'm mighty, there is one mightier than I. You know, I'm not God's answer to everything. I'm not the only holy man. I'm not the only man of God. There are others. And there is one who is so far above me that I am not worthy to be the lowest servant in the house whose job is to take off your shoes and to wash your feet. You know, John says, I am not even worthy to do that. And then he looks up and there Jesus is standing. And John is just, you know, in in some of the other accounts of this story, John's going, I am not baptizing you. I can't do that. Not you. Because the people are in line there to be baptized, and Jesus gets in the line. And John's going, no, Lord, no. You know, not you. You you baptize me, please. You know, I'm not worthy. And Jesus says, no, we're doing this. We have to fulfill all righteousness. See, the humility that was in John is also in Jesus, that Jesus would stoop to be baptized by John. And John was a good man. Actually, Jesus says he was the greatest man that ever lived. So we really should study John and his ministry and his spirit and his message closely. Uh, You know, but John is not, John knows, he is not worthy to baptize Jesus. And yet... There comes Jesus. And John had prophesied about about Christ. You know, he said, I can immerse you in water, but I can't do anything more than that. But Messiah, this one that's coming, he can immerse you in the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is all over you. You are filled and washed by the Holy Spirit. You are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. You have the energy of the Holy Spirit of God within you. He said, this one will bring that to the world and give it to people. He will baptize you, not just, you know, the the clergy. He will baptize all of you. That was John's message. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. You need to ask God to give you the baptism in the Holy Spirit that Jesus came to bring He came to bring it to you. It belongs to you. And you should ask for it. And so Jesus is baptized. And as soon as he comes out of the water, heavens open up. And uh, the Holy Spirit comes in the form of a dove. And a voice out of heaven speaks to Jesus. You are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Uh, Why the Holy Spirit comes as a dove? Um... Maybe a number of reasons, but one that I can think of is that a dove was the sacrifice for the poor. They didn't have enough money to sacrifice a lamb or cow, so they sacrificed doves. Cheap little bird, doesn't cost much. But God recognizes it as an offering that is uh, sufficient in the Old Testament. So Jesus has come to be sacrificed And even at his baptism, he's being baptized unto sacrifice. And it is, you know, the sacrifice was always washed. 
before it was sacrificed. And so now the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, before he's done anything else, he's being washed. And I think he's being washed to prepare him to be a sacrifice. His whole life is going to be a sacrifice, but his death especially will be a sacrifice that brings us to the Father. Voice comes out of heaven to encourage him. I love you. I'm pleased with you. I am well pleased. And then look at verse 12. Immediately the Holy Spirit drove him into the wilderness. And he was there in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan. He was with wild beasts and the angels ministered to him. Understand that God will take you to the wilderness at some point in your life. Maybe more than once. And maybe you're in a wilderness right now. I don't know. But you need to understand that he doesn't take you to the wilderness because he's mad at you. He doesn't take you to the wilderness to punish you. He takes you to the wilderness because he is pleased with you. He takes you there to give you a word. And this word will define who you are. And it will memorialize the lesson from that wilderness. And in the wilderness, you will get something. He will give you something in the wilderness that will be to your advantage later. As you leave, because you don't live in the wilderness forever. He just takes you there for a season. But as you leave the wilderness, you go to your mission and you go with some new thing that he gave you from that wilderness experience. And that thing will be your advantage. And that is the thing that you will use in the next chapter of your life. Jesus was there. He was there in a spiritual war, battling with Satan himself, not just a demon. But he was also uh, in, surrounded by wild beasts, demonic forces, wild animals. He was at risk, in other words. So he was uh, in, in a great mortal conflict. But understand, he was protected also by the angels, verse 13. So when you're in your wilderness and you are meeting the Lord there, uh, you, may, you may have all kinds of opposition forces gathered around you. But you need to understand that you're not there by yourself. God brought you to that wilderness to give you something. Don't leave without it. And don't be afraid of that wilderness. The Lord will meet you there. So meet God today in your wilderness. Thread.